Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another incredible Thursday episode. We do have an interview this week. As you know, the uh, Monday episodes are usually a week in review, and then Thursday I try to net an interview for us. And we did get one. Nick Berlansky of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast and Big J Sports Journalist will be joining us to talk about all things Pittsburgh and what their chances are. Did they do the right thing selling the farm to get better this season for the eventual buzzsaw of either Carolina or the Bruins? Or um, are they playing playing the fool's gamble there and you know chasing the pink dragon, if you will, trying to punch their card to the playoffs without doing much damage in them and going for a Stanley Cup. So I'm super excited. Obviously, love this guy. He's always on um, frenemies, if you will. I, I would I would call us that. So uh, let's pop some tabs and get right into it. One, two, three. All right, adding to the stream, Nick Berlansky. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, HT. How are you doing? Oh, you know, been better. But I've been worse I'm too. Sure. <laughs> so, all right, motherfucker, just you have something. Go ahead and say it. I'm. This is your time to gloat. You're you're on the Hot Caps Chirp podcast. I'm just glad that you were there in person <laughs> at the old paint bucket yesterday to watch the Pittsburgh Penguins clinch a season series victory over your Washington Capitals. I know that our bet is tried and true, and I'm so far two and zero, oh, and lucky Oof. to say that after that game on Saturday night. Might be looking at a three, you know, on our our yearly bet. How about that, HT? Oh man! So I was hoping that you would forget because I still haven't paid <laughs> up on the second one, which I need to do. I know because now I you're know that's in. on me, though. Yeah, but hey, you know, it's but you're you know you're in DC. I need to get back to the old stomping grounds, anyways. Uh, eventually here, but uh, absolutely, hockey troll always pays his debts. This will come to fruition. I do. I. I as I was driving home from the game, stuck in fucking Schittsburg traffic, uh, I was thinking, I'm going to owe Nick Berlansky something again. Third year in a row. The hat trick of victories, if you will. The natural hat trick. Um, so congratulations to that, apparently. But I guess that statement means that you thought that the last Saturday's game was as impactful as I did, meaning that whoever loses that game will likely not go to the playoffs. Is is that kind of the vibe there? Yeah, we're in the last 10% of the season at this point. Four-point swings and head-to-head games are massive. And I was honestly surprised 
heading into that one, how close the Caps had actually gotten back into the playoff race. Because, you know, I'm sure you saw it the same way that I saw it when they were selling off. Hey, if, if, if we got guys in the last year of our contract in Washington and we don't know if we're going to be able to sign them, we're just going to trade them. And right. to me, I was like, OK, that's waving the white flag. But, you know, the Caps are the Caps and they're kind of the same as the Penguins in which you can't really ever rule them out completely because they do have that core of guys that's not going to quit on the season no matter how bleak it looks. So I was surprised to see how close they were once we got into that game. But, of course, the the fact that it was a regulation clean two points for the Penguins, I'm not saying – I'm not trying to bury the Capitals on the season, but <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough hole to climb out of with only about nine games left. If we didn't play New York, the Islanders, three times in the down the stretch – Mm-hmm. Um, I would have. I mean, that's the only hope. But what are the chances of a team like the Caps, who are just inconsistent right now, due to just I, you know, I really think that there's more going on. And, and as far as the injury side for the Washington Capitals, I think guys are tired. I think guys are hurt. I think they're playing hurt. <clears throat> um, you know, some emotional things off the ice. People are having babies, you know, like just I think this was just uh, off the ice, bad season on the ice, even worse due to the injuries. But um, if I mean, what are the chances that the Washington Capitals go three and oh against the New York Islanders and down the stretch who are also fighting for a playoff spot? And then on top of that, we're going to need the Penguins to shit the bed. We're going to need, you know, Buffalo to continue to shit the bed. We're going to need the Panthers, you know. To shit the bed. We need everyone to lose, basically. There, I don't, I don't yeah. see any other way around it. Um, so, short of a win out and everyone else lose out, yeah, I think that it might be, I think it might be over for the Caps, which is sad. Makes me sad. Yeah. And you met, you mentioned that three game stretch against the Islanders. That's that's tough for anybody. Like it doesn't matter yeah. who it is. It doesn't matter if it's going up against the Flyers. You play the same team three times in a week. You're not right. going to get all three of those games. I mean, I don't know what kind of Mickey Mouse scheduling the NHL is doing because the Penguins have the same thing with the Rangers, and it makes for great theater. Fantastic, because right. the, these teams usually hate each other when they schedule them like that. But for the reality of a season and a situation that the Capitals are in, the Penguins were in a couple weeks ago when they faced the Rangers, it's just it's not great seeing that come up on your schedule because you're like, well, I know there's no way that they're going to run the table through that, or at least very unlikely they run the table through that three-game stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, and I mean, I don't think that the while this win is huge for the for the pins, uh, I don't know if they're fully secure yet either. I mean, Florida's oh. knocking on the door. So, I mean, are you are if you were a betting man, would you I mean, of course, you'd bet on them, but the objective side of you, would you what are you thinking? I mean, you think the pins are in or out? Listen, I'm trying to stay on the objective side as much as possible with everything I do nowadays. You know, that's how you keep your job opportunities open, especially when you're looking in the D.C. area. You can't be skewing too much Pittsburgh. Uh, But no, objectively, I do think that they have a pretty good chance. Right now, I feel like the math is in their favor. They have the games in hand. They're sitting in a good position. They also, if you look at the schedule, have the most favored schedule of the three teams that are right there. They have Mm -hmm. more home games than the Islanders and the Panthers. They have less games against playoff teams remaining. And even the games against non-playoff teams, it's a little bit easier on the Penguins' schedule. They got through their their tough schedule with the Rangers three times and then the back-to-back at Colorado and at Dallas earlier in the week last week. So to be able to get through that and be in the position they're still in, it means they're sitting pretty. But that doesn't mean that inconsistent play, which has plagued them all season, can't come down and come back to haunt them and pull them right back out of the race. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I, I totally agree too. But uh, you know, and of course, I'm I'm rooting for you. So what if? I guess the bet's a wash if we don't make the playoffs, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because we 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 did specify whoever makes it further in the playoffs, and if neither team makes it to the playoffs, then we're just both losers. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, misery loves company, so there you go. Both losers, but <laughs> um, so speaking of you know inconsistencies, things like that, I think that the Penguins tried to bolster that lineup, which immediately got shelled to death on the injury bug. Right? I mean, Benino, he mm-hmm. he instantly got injured. He picked up some other guy, and I caught got injured. Um, you know, what? Tell me about the off season, or I mean, the the trade deadline moves. We haven't talked in a while. Like, what do you yeah. think of those? Like, do you, did you like it? No. I mean, at the time I looked at it and I said, you know what? He didn't hurt the team 
in any way. And by he, I'm talking about general manager Ron Hextall because he didn't really give much up. So it's like right. he, he didn't hurt the team. He didn't necessarily help the team either. And he had the opportunity to help the team. Like around that time, we had Rob Rossi on and he broke the story that Mike Sullivan was all for it. Let's go get Jacob Chikrin. Wow. We need Jacob Chikrin. And it was Ron Hextall who was like, nah, because it's going to cost two first rounds. And, you know, narrator, it did not cost two first round picks. <laughs> so they, they, they don't get Jacob Chikrin. And instead, they they blow all that money on Mikhail Granlund, who I'll call him Casper the Friendly Ghost, because I haven't seen him make one ounce of an impact since coming to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Meanwhile, one of the players that you pleaded with people to give away and Kasperi Kapanen has six goals in 13 games with the St. Louis Blues. Not saying he would have done that in Pittsburgh. Probably not. He needed a fresh start. But the optics certainly don't look good for Ron Hextall. So as far as his trade deadline acquisitions, at the time, I was like, okay, he didn't hurt anybody. I think I gave him a C. I'd have to go back and check what I actually gave him on the on the show. But you look at it at this point. Kulikov's LTIR probably done for the regular season. Bonino has a lacerated kidney, so who knows how long it's going to take him to come back. So basically, your your lone addition is Mikhail Granlin, like I said, uh, not giving very much of anything uh, in the first handful of games that he's played. So at this point, you look back at it and you just say, man, he really did nothing to help this team. Yeah, and I mean, Granlin was a guy that was on both of our radars, I think, about before he he was coming from Minnesota, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Well, initially, he went from Minnesota to Nashville. Right. Okay. Back I think in, when he what, was 2018, when I actually yeah, wanted him. Exactly. Right. And that's the thing. I was like, it was five years too late that the Pittsburgh Penguins finally got uh, a Grandland in on the roster. Um, and and I mean, I guess it's good that you guys didn't give up too much. I think that the the Caps gained a lot of draft stock, um, yeah. obviously with with shipping things out. I just don't know, you know. Is it enough, right? I mean, there's a lot of gaping holes, I think, in the in the Washington Capitals lineup right now. I think that our defense is suspect at best. Um, you know, we're stuck with the goaltending, so I won't even comment on that. I mean, they're, the goaltending is not bad, but I, I don't think that they possess the capability of stealing, you know, four games in the Stanley Cup, in the Stanley Cup run, in a cup run. So that's rough. Um and then our forward core is our forward core. Very little defense from the first line, and then everybody else kind of fits in where they get in, right? <clears throat> but um, all right. So I'll give you that. That's fine. A C. I was hoping, honestly, that the the Pittsburgh Penguins would continue to mortgage more of their future, um, mm-hmm. thus really harpooning their rebuild chances post Crosby era, era and and in the in the twilight, right? So of course, um, yeah. I'm fully in support of Ron Hextall. I think he's doing a great job, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Full endorsement from the hockey troll. Exactly. Yeah. So if he, you know, Ron, if you're listening, if you need me to, you know, I don't know, create a press release, you just let me know. The thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He 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 might not have a thousand dollars after a couple months. <laughs> right. He'll he'll be asking you for work. Right. Yeah. That'll be great. Um. <laughs> so, all right. So we talked to playoffs. Are they in and out? We talked off season. I mean. If you had to play the two teams that that you're looking at in in the uh, in the uh, playoff chase, like in the in the first round, I mean, do you really think that you have a chance against? Let's say you make it in. Do you think you have a chance against either Buffalo or I mean uh, Boston or Carolina? Shoot, I'd love Buffalo in the first round of the playoffs, right. but uh, <laughs> yeah. that's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> uh, no, honestly, we had this conversation about two weeks ago on the tip of the iceberg, me and Nick Horwath, my co-host. And he, he said, you know what? I, if possible, I'd love the New Jersey devils. They're inexperienced. They're young. And I looked at him. I said, yeah, but they're also fast and they've kicked the crap out of the penguins every single time we've played this season. And I said, I might sound like an idiot and that's fine. I've done that before. You know me, I'll sound like an idiot all live long day, but I'm going to speak my mind. I think the penguins match up better with the Boston Bruins than the Carolina hurricanes at this point. I mean, the Bruins, are a little bit older. They play a little bit more of a muck and grind style, which at this point of the stages of the career of everybody on the Penguins, that matches up pretty well. Right. I mean, I look at the games that the Pens and the, the Bruins have played, and they have one more on the docket. It's been close, tightly contested. And also, I mean, the, the one thing that the Pittsburgh Penguins have struggled with is getting past Lena's Allmark. So that's the one question that they have to answer. But they certainly haven't been shelled by the Boston Bruins. So it's going to be tough to beat that 
team in four games. It's tough to beat anybody in four games, but especially in the Eastern Conference this year. But I feel like they match up better with the Bruins, and it would take a Herculean effort from Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, but they've been showing that. So that's not something I'm worried about. It would take a Herculean effort also by Tristan Jari and or Casey to Smith. And I I just don't know if I can trust either of them between the pipes, especially in a playoff series. Yeah. You know, I mean, as you, as you, uh, I think that the Pittsburgh Penguins match up better against the Bruins. I think that it's kind of experience versus experience and age and wisdom versus age and wisdom. If you'd say, if, if you want to put it that way, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, these running gun teams, and I think that people don't, again, we've had the speed talk before, right? Like, oh, the know, chose a speed league. Well, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals at times play incredibly fast hockey. Um, and it, what it is, is it's, are there, are, is execution there, right? Is your, mm-hmm. are your passes tape to tape? Are you making the right decision immediately? Right. So, you know, the puck will always travel faster than your skates. So, mm-hmm. I mean, while that kind of explosive one skater that can break away from the pack is definitely a value. I don't think it's a sustainable, just feed one guy and try to like stretch him. Uh, you've got to have the team, you know, thinking at a very high level and executing that, mm-hmm. that way too. Um, and, you know, you, you talk about Jari and Smith. Uh, this was, you know, I would always, I'd always thought that Tristan Jari was going to be your guy. I thought he was going to be yeah. the post flurry guy, right? We've said that before. But, I mean, what is what is the goaltending situation like in Pittsburgh? Everybody's kind of questioning whether or not or if he could ever be healthy in Tristan Jari because he's had now three injuries in the past three months. Mm-hmm. And, and at one point it was a, a nagging hip injury that was causing everything else. So he leaves the, the Winter Classic with a lower body injury. He comes back, plays two games, and all of a sudden, no, oh, it's an upper body injury. It's a different one. And then come to find out it's it's a hip injury that's just aggravating different parts of his body, which then you're hearing that and you're like, OK, this is this is not good. This right. is not going to be something that especially with a hip injury. When's he going to be healthy? Is he going to be healthy for a yeah. goaltender that has to stand up and get down and move side to side? Hip does not sound like a good area that you want to be ailing, especially sure. in a league where the side to side is the most important part of his job, because yeah. that's what guys are going to try to do to him. So I don't know where he's at. Uh, He's currently on the shelf, technically. He backed up on Saturday for the Penguins, but we don't know if he's going to start this upcoming week against either the Predators or the Detroit Red Wings, so I'm not exactly sure where he's at. And Casey DeSmith, I don't know. It's, again, tough to trust him as well. The last two years in the postseason, he's been injured. So can he stay healthy? Like, Can he be available for a postseason for once? And if he can, I mean, last year, the last 10 games that he filled in for Jari... When he broke his foot, I thought Casey DeSmith played exceptionally well. And then I started to see glimpses of that on Saturday against the Capitals as well. Some of the saves he was making were unconscious. I started to think, I was like, what, is that Shesterkin? Is that Vasilevsky? (laughs) Like, who did we steal and put in that Dunder Mifflin helmet that Casey (laughs) Casey DeSmith has? Who is in net? Because that doesn't look like the Casey DeSmith we've seen all season long. But, you know, if he's able to play that level, then yeah, run with him. But I just don't know if he's going to be able to play at that level. He's only ever played one playoff game, and he left with an injury. That was game one against the Rangers last year, the the famous spicy pork and broccoli Louis Domingue (laughs) game in the second overtime. So I don't. it's an interesting situation. There are, like you said, with the Caps, same thing with the Penguins. There's plenty of question marks. Goaltending, though, is is chief among them and the the one that most people are are paying attention to right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... From watching the game, you know, I, I thought that the Caps played a very good first period, despite taking two penalties, having to kill them off. Thought that was like a perfect road period for them. And then the second period, I think that they were getting a little frustrated because they did have good looks in the first. They were continuing to get some looks on the second and dominate. You know, mm-hmm. we hold the puck a lot. Like we we possess the puck, and not I mean, not always as far as the Corsi and Fenwick go, but like as a possession team, the Washington Capitals. Uh, try their best at least to do that. Um, and then once we were down in the second, we just went to, all right, well, let's try to, let's try to tire them out. And everything was dump and chase and, and bang down deep. <clears throat> and then finally, you know, we started to get some traction into the third. Uh, I mean, what would you say is like, it, it, what do you point out as far as something that's 
the cause of those inconsistencies, right? I mean, the Penguins up <clears throat> three nothing. Um, Tom Wilson, you know, on the power play, just I saw the pass perfectly from my vantage point. He just fired it, like gave it too much sauce, and it went over uh, his man's stick and and mm-hmm. right to uh, who's it, Gunsel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. worst person that you want to have. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. probably you know the the thirty goal guy is probably not the guy you want that to go to. <laughs> right. And, and then just five hole on Kemper. Like, I'm sure that's one that Kemper wants back for sure. But, uh, you know, I mean, and again, that's, that goes back to Kemper and Lindgren. I, I don't believe that they're goalies who are, who are game stealers. You know, I, I talked to Joe from Tendi talk and he was mm-hmm. like, you know, I like Kemper. He's a solid goalie, but I just don't believe that he, I think he's a little overrated in the sense that he won't win you games. So keep you in him though. And yeah, that's how I'm feeling right now too. So, um, I had a question in there, um, but yeah, I mean, oh, the, what are you pointing at too? Is the inconsistencies because we have an excuse, right? We've been banged up all season, yeah. guys, you know, age, whatever. I mean, do you think that it's just an age thing or what? It, to me, it can't be an age thing because what what comes with age is the knowledge that, like, even if you're up three to nothing, you need to keep playing the way you're playing, or else it's it's gonna shut down. And it's not the fact that the Pittsburgh Penguins just aren't are running out of gas. They're not running out of gas. They're playing incorrectly, and it's it's baffling to me because they lead the league in blown third-period leads, and that is one of the most irritating things ever, trying to watch and cover a team because through two periods, you're like, all right, I think I can get my story in, at least the framework of what I want to do with my story. I know what I'm talking tomorrow on the show. I know what we're talking about and I know which interviews we want. And then the third period happens, and you're like, well, that's all that's all trash. That's lovely. Thank you so much for that, guys. Like, Appreciate that. Um, but they have good good coaching. I would say that Mike Sullivan is still one of the best coaches in the league. They have great leadership when it comes to Crosby, Malkin, Latang, guys that you wouldn't think of as guys that would get complacent where they're at. And I don't think it gets those those guys, but it's the entire team. And, and you saw it in the third period on Saturday. It was a prime example. They just don't go after it. Like if, if it wasn't for Jake Gensel getting a gift at the beginning of the period and Evgeny Malkin getting a gift at the end of the period, Penguins shouldn't have won that game. They shouldn't have won that game because they always do it. If they go into the third period with the lead, they don't get opportunities. They kind of turtle a little bit, and it's inexplicable because after it burns you so many times, you would think that they would say, okay, we can't let that happen again. We need to push, force the issue. If we give up an opportunity, that's all right. Casey's been great, but they just turtle, they shell, and then they don't get that momentum back unless it's gifted to them on a silver platter. Thanks again to Anthony Mantha for that, but like (laughs) – Normally, it doesn't go so well for the Penguins. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's uh, and I mean, I I point a lot of the inc- and I could be completely wrong, uh, probably yeah. am. Uh, with the inconsistencies for the Caps, it's all about just we, you know, Al Koken said that Nick Backstrom, uh, John Carlson, and Tom Wilson are have only played like five games together a few games together at this point in the season, in this season. Um, and they all yeah. have come, you know, within the past couple of weeks. <clears throat> so, uh, that hurt. I thought the caps mm-hmm. looked special in December. I really did. I thought, you know, I was like, Oh my God. The, I mean, Sonny Milano was finding his groove. Dylan Strom was, has been a great addition. Um, you know, TJ Oshie was in the mix. I, I just really liked what we were putting out there. The young guys were contributing and burying our defense looked okay. At that point, you know, we still had linchpin to the Stanley cup, Lars Eller. I mean, we had, we had things, I thought we were cooking. Um, Mm -hmm. And Nick and Tom come back and it's like, you know, now it's we're we're, we basically just started the season. It seemed. Mm -hmm. And I think the performance went that way. So, you know, it's it's different when guys like if you just are losing a Carlson or you're losing an Ovechkin and then they come back because like if you lost Crosby, you know, you have Malkin to, yeah. to support things. But then when Crosby comes back, you know, these players are of such a high caliber that they could be they could be blindfolded and they'd be a, they'd be an addition, you know, to the team. Yeah. It, it, it wouldn't matter. But when you have so many pieces out, it's it's been rough. Um, but, you know, if I were I don't know, I mean, if. I guess when when these things happen, I guess the only thing you can do is sit and watch, right, and see what happens. But 
Yeah, that is yeah, infuriating. It, it, it sucks losing your season to injuries, and, and I know like with Car- what Carlson ha- had to deal with, like that, I can't even imagine what he was dealing with. Yeah. And of course, there's the off the ice things where, obviously, Penguins fans and Capitals fans both understand. I mean, Ovechkin, of course, losing his father, Latang had the same thing happen to him. So it's it's tough when off ice issues and injury issues come up for some of your better players. I mean, I thought one of the best additions from the Caps last summer was Connor Brown. <laughs> That right. didn't uh, that didn't pan out, unfortunately. Hopefully, he's better in the future for them. But like that's it's an unfortunate consequence of playing a sport where there's there's threat of major injury and and sometimes the injury bug comes free more than than other teams and sometimes it happens to you multiple years in a row and it's unfortunate. But you know it is tough even when those guys get back. It's it's tough, especially. I didn't think Nick Backstrom was going to play hockey again. I know. And the one day I, I was at Capitals Iceplex down here and he came out on the ice and I was like. It's a little early. It was that was in you know early December. I was like, I I didn't think I'd see him out on the ice. Right, but, uh, he's out there. So it, it's trying to get up to speed. And like like you said, are these guys healthy? Like, is John Carlson really healthy, or did he push it to get out there to try to help the team make the playoffs? Like, you will never know. But right. it it's tough when injuries pop up, especially to those key players, because you know those guys out. It doesn't even just take away from like the skill of the team. But just the mental aspect of having that guy that's always been there be there is an added bonus. And when he's not there, it's just the the team feels different. Absolutely. No doubt. I mean, uh, there's a lot of, you know, John Carlson's a guy who eats like 25 minutes a night, just yeah. like a Latang, right? I mean, and <laughs> there's many Latang pundits, just like there are John Carlson, you know. Every yeah. asshole with a fucking phone thinks that they can build a better team or get, you know, Jacob Chikrin's better than John Carlson and Chris Letang or like whatever the fuck they're thinking. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I want I want some of the drugs that they're doing because I'm sure that this show would would <laughs> drastically improve because, uh, I, you know, again, I don't have the big J journalist uh, moniker to me, Nick. I can say whatever the fuck I want. This is yeah. <laughs> this is my world, baby. But yeah, free reign. Right, exactly. Um, but, you know, I mean, both of those players, Latang and Carlson, are both, you know, good both ways. And obviously the upside is on the offensive side. But, yeah, they're going to make – they're going to they're gonna try to thread the needle and they're going to get picked. Like, it's going to happen. Like, this is hockey. Um, you know, only Nick Lidstrom, I think, is the guy that just, like, played that zero mistake game and – I don't even know if he would have he'd be able to play it in this in this modern NHL now. Um, anyways, because you just have to take these risks, you know. Um, yeah. Just the way that every team breaks the puck out, it's it's uh, somewhat complicated, and you have to take you know t- two three passes to get out of the zone, just out of the zone. Um, so you know if you can skip that and just do one pass the opposite blue line, I'm doing it every time every day. That's why I'm yeah. That's why I'm a beer league stud, baby. Oh yeah. I've I've seen the videos, HT. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll be like, I have like three points dash four. Uh, you know, Oof. yeah, it'll, it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, with that Anthony Mantha right, right. there. <laughs> um, but you know, <clears throat> it's a bit of a gamble every time. Every mm-hmm. time you put a put a stretch pass out there. But oh, uh, yeah. speaking of gamble. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins, plus combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds odds boosts all tournament long so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN right now new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details Nick what's up what do you got who are you guys sponsored by now we don't have a specific sponsor. We just have ads that, that get rolled out there. But mm. That's cool. Searching. If anybody wants to sponsor Tip of the Iceberg, just hit me up. Yeah. I mean. On Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at what, Nick Berlansky? At Nick underscore Berlansky. There you go. Yep. Either that so, or at Iceberg Podcast. Either of those ones. <clears throat> yeah. Just find them, please. Not that um, any Caps fans are probably going to be like, yeah, I'm going to sponsor a Penguins podcast. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to do. If I was the richest man in the world, I would I would absolutely sponsor your 
your podcast and I would I would ask for a three minute mid roll ad read and all you would talk about is how great the Washington Capitals are and how much Ovechkin is just so much better than Sidney Crosby. Hey, pays whatever pays the bills, man. I'll <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it, like, and I'll just have a dis- I'll have a disclaimer at the end of it. That was all satire. There you go. <laughs> Check uh, in the mail, please. Right. Yeah. The um. The good point. The good part about that is that now, now you're. I mean, you're the one that's doing this full time now. So, you know, this is a, you actually have skin in this game. <laughs> I'm not exactly full time, but I, uh, I I do spend a lot more time on it. That's good. All right. Good stuff. Um. <clears throat> All right, so we talked about what's going on, what had been going on, uh, trade deadline, you know, the past fluke game, which you admitted the the Capitals probably should have won. And then uh, we're talking, uh, let's, let's talk about the future. You know, I think that the torch has very clearly been passed on superstars. I think that we can say that it's either being passed or has been passed at this point, you know, the McDavid's, you know, the Kale McCars, you know, even that dipshit in, in Anaheim, Trevor Zegris, you know, he's getting the spotlight. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think that that's, that's kind of, I mean, would you agree? You think that, you know, the OV era oh, yeah. and Sid era? Yeah. The, the only thing that's different though, is when the torch was passed to those guys, there was really not much remnants left of the old guard. Yeah. The torch has been passed, but the old guard is still out here. I mean, Ovi's what over 40 goals. Crosby's right. about to hit 90 points again. Like the old guard is still kicking it, but the new guard is taking over. And it, it's, it's fun to watch the the dichotomy between the two. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, I wonder, <clears throat> well, it's interesting because you, you know, in Matthews and correct me if I'm wrong, Matthews is a center, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's the, he's the top line center, at least for now. In right. Toronto, yeah. So you have you have two apples to apples comparatives that you can draw. I think that the major folly that Pittsburgh fans and Caps fans have fallen into is that you know Ovi's a winger, and at that the non-scoring winger, um, technically, and then Crosby's a center. So <clears throat> obviously Ovechkin hasn't killed a penalty in years. But I'm, I'm sure does Crosby still PK? He doesn't do it often, but there okay. are times when he'll get out there and, and kill a penalty. But yeah, they've tried to stay away from that because I mean the guy's 35 years old. Right, you want to save him. You don't want him blocking shots and stuff. But, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I mean, uh, so it, that was that's always been kind of I think a stick in the mud for a lot of the people who are actually into analytics and not just like fanboying uh, in that Mm -hmm. sense versus who's better. Uh, But, you know, at the same time, that was, that's an era that will never go away from NHL history. I don't think the Sid and Ovi era. And then we've got, uh, you know, this McDavid Matthews and, you know, I mean, Keevan Kale McCarr and, and, and all those guys are are really killing it. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that the, and and with the possible raising of cap this season, yeah. it could go up four million rather than the requisite one would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the game is you know consistently gotten better ever since the O five yeah. lockout. Yeah, the the product is as good as I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Now I wasn't alive in the early nineties when you know Mario Lemieux was putting up crazy numbers Wayne Gretzky was still flying out there I wasn't I wasn't aware of anything at that point right. but from what I've seen this is this is the best that I've seen the league from a, a league-wide scale in my entire life like the talent on every team is remarkable like you even guys like Jason Robertson getting the opportunity Kent Johnson scored a Michigan the other day and the, the kid <laughs> is is nowhere near anybody's radar but he's extremely talented. Now, what we're going to have next year with Connor Bedard is a chance to be another all-world talent. The the league is in great hands, and for as a hockey fan, as somebody that just enjoys the sport, and I'm sure you feel the same way, I'm just eager to watch the product at this point. Doesn't yeah. matter who's out there on the ice because it's always entertaining. Yeah, and I mean, in times of growth and in times of of good, I think that people are like, "This is never going to end. This is never going to end." And honestly, I don't want it to ever end. Uh, yeah. 
as far as you know the the growth of the game and, and how much better everybody is getting but sometimes i wonder like are we in the end game stages? Like is hockey ever going to be this good again? Like, I don't know, you know, I mean, at some point the next season is going to have a drop off. Right. I mean, uh, but the past few seasons, the playoffs have been incredibly exciting. They've been super competitive and like, <clears throat> well, you know, last season, the, you know, we've had two back to backs and since 18 and or, I mean, I'm sorry, we've had two back to backs, you know, some first time cup winners. And then, you've kind of just had the the two last two seasons, including this one is like the dominant teams during the regular season are actually favored to win, win it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and last year they did. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I just hope that this never ends, I guess we continue yeah. to look good. Yeah. And the big thing that is going to get in their way is, is the NHL. Like the right. league itself is the only thing that can stop them. The continued expansion to me, is not a good idea. Really, I don't. I don't think you need any more than thirty-two teams because yes, there is more talent that we've ever seen. But you keep widening that net. That doesn't necessarily mean the talent's going to continue to come through at the rate that it's coming through. Right. Like you said, who knows if there's another Connor McDavid coming down the pike in the next twenty years? Like, right. But Bedard is projected to be that way. But is he that way? Like Lafreniere was getting the same hype, or not as big, but similar hype, and. He's a he's a third liner and he's right. probably not a third like he's not a second liner first liner on any other team he is a third liner second liner at best so like we don't know when that's going to really consist and if you keep expanding you're just going to dilute the product even more I know that they want volatility but I think 32 right now you see the volatility even in the Eastern Conference this year there's 10 11 12 teams that at one point or another here in the last month had a shot to be in the playoffs I mean the Red Wings Right before the trade deadline, the Red Wings were in a playoff spot. Yeah. And then they lost three, four games in a row. And Steve Eiserman said, yeah, that's that's all I needed to see. I'm going to sell the farm now. Like, uh, Verona, <laughs> by Sungfist, by Bertuzzi, by Yeah, we'll, we'll win in 2025. But that's just, that's him and whatever. It worked in Tampa, I guess. Right. Um, but no, the, the parity around the league is great. But the NHL with the rules, with the expansion talks once again, they just need to stay out of their own way and, and help themselves instead of hurting themselves. That's the biggest thing that concerns me moving forward with the sport. Yeah. And you know what? I think they are the fucking owners are finally coming around to this. <laughs> Did you see, which is interesting, all the GMs and um, <clears throat> during the GM meeting were like, yeah, you know what? I think this game is in a healthy spot. We're not like looking to make any major changes. <clears throat> Did yeah, you see that? That's, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't. I got I to gotta do my do my research is you're you're saying i'm a big j journalist you have more insight than me on the on the gm's meetings but no like that's that it's smart it's a good idea by the nhl general managers it's hard to say that that happens often because it doesn't but i mean right. I, I agree with them in that instance i can't think of a single time in my hockey walking <laughs> career watching career that the gms have just been like yeah, we're just not going to do anything. It's always something stupid. It's always something. Well, you know, well, we could at least try right. something in, in the ECHL and then see what happens. You know, like <laughs> we could at least put in some dumbass new rule and then it gets like washed out halfway through the season or whatever. Like, yeah, that was a failure. Yeah, they, they can't help themselves in that instance. I know that I did hear they talked about adding more review opportunities like for play play review. One of them was something that actually came into play on Saturday, which was shooting the puck out and the delay of game. Like, oh, we should be able to review that. It's like, listen, you're going to miss calls because you're human, and we know the refs at the NHL level are not good. But we don't need to spend 45 minutes every time we want to sit down to watch a game and review. Like, if you miss a call, at some point, it evens up for every team. Like, it's it sucks, and it happens, and it always feels like it happens to your team. It always feels like it happens in the worst moment. But it just happens because they suck in general, right? <laughs> Referees are bad in general, and right. it's not going to change anytime soon unless they do fully automated, which I think the NHL will be one of the last leagues to ever do that yeah. uh, just because of how involved the referees are in the game. They're literally, I mean, there's a reason they get hit with pucks. They get body checked. They get dumped into benches. They get basically thrown into the boards. That happens because they're more involved in the game than any other official in any other major sport. So I feel like, they're always going to be an issue. It's never going to be fixed. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, 
you can only put your thumb on on the game for so long before it starts to squish it. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, it's funny that we talk because in a safety concern, if we're talking safety only, yeah, the NHL would be the first to get refs out of there, like automate yeah. it. Uh, but as far as like, then I just think like, what that, what do we got to put like shot callers on all of the players when they're, you know, <laughs> third man in gets immediately just put down, you know, like just shocked. Uh, I mean, how do you, how do you uh, stop that? Cause you know, I think that if anybody's ever played organized hockey or just hockey in general, like emotions run high and you do shit out there that you're like, you look back on, you're like, what the hell was Why'd that? I do that? Yeah. Like, what in the hell was that? That just went down. That was crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the automation, I mean, you know, the, I like that the NHL has done that, like, you know, the digital pucks and then having, uh, the tags for all the players who the hell, I mean, so that's been live for like, what, two years now, two or three. I think this is the first year they're actually utilizing it a lot, but it's been, it's been there for at least two seasons. Yeah. They've been testing it. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And think of the mountain of data that they have they're sitting on i know and i mean they're sharing like two percent of it and they're like yeah. look how cool this is and they're like you don't even know right. how much we have in this corner yeah would blow your mind and i mean you've got to think that like gms i if i was a gm that would be the i would be just hounding the nhl like i need that data like yep. I, I need it when can i get that how much does it cost because you know they're gonna price tag that shit yep you know whatever it may be um, but, uh, you know, cause they're not doing it to enrich the game. They're doing it cause they think they got a product and I, I think they have a product too. You know, mm -hmm. you look at how, how far advanced analytics have gone. Well, now we have actual, like, how does that play out in the physical world? Does your advanced analytics actually support that? I mean, um, you know, Jay fresh, I actually talked to Jay fresh about this like year ago to year, last year or sometime. And he was like, you know, I don't think it's going to be that huge of a deal, but uh, it's definitely a, a huge data mine that, that could spark somebody's creativity, you know, if it, mm -hmm. if it was open source, but it'll never be open source. So, yeah. you know, at, at, at worst, we're getting shot speeds, like right as soon as they happen and, yeah, you know, skating speeds. Uh, at best, we're able to like really see like, you know, I bet, you know, when in, in advanced analytics, you know, I bet there's players out there that really didn't even think they were that impactful in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And the advanced stats say like, Oh no, you are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's a bunch of defensemen in the NHL. They're like, see, I am good at my job. God <laughs> damn it. Like, yeah. come on now. Like before it was like, Oh, how many goals is this? He's like, I'm a defenseman. Right. What do you mean? How many goals do I have? I play defense. Like Brian Dumoulin in his prime. Everybody's like, is he doing much? And it's like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the yeah. only way we had to measure that was, have you noticed him? No, he's doing a pretty damn good job, didn't he? But now it's like, okay, uh, shot suppression and the Corsi and Fenwick, like you said, shot attempts, how many times, right. like zone entries and zone exits under control, first pass success rate. It's it it's all illuminating. And the only thing is, what there's always the, the, the conversation, the debate, you know, analytics versus eye test. If you really want an understanding of the game, dip your toe in both. Like, yeah. do your best. Like, I know sometimes it's, Listen, when I first started to try to do analytics, I, I was on the network with you and I think we were like, yeah, Corsi. And I think I'd turn to you and I'd be like, I don't I couldn't tell you what that means, but I know <laughs> the measure of a good Corsi. So I could say, right. hey, he's got a good Corsi. The analytics like him. I don't yeah. know what it means, but now I do, because obviously that was like three years ago. Um, <laughs> right, right. But, you know, dip your toe in slowly, just figure out the boundaries and, and it helps you understand the game at a higher level. But sure. the thing is, like you mentioned, it's all needing to be used together. You can't just take one thing and be like, yep, that's how right. I'm going to make my opinion. It's like, there's, there's so much information now that if you take one data point, you're not going to have a true understanding of, of what's going on in the game. Yeah. And I mean, it's the Herb Brooks method, right? I mean, <clears throat> maybe you're not looking for a guy who buries, you want, you want the right player, not, not the best player, right? You, you want the, yep. the ones that are going to fit and, and augment your team the way that you want it to be done. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how many coaches actually really do, think about that type of stuff. I would think coaches like Laviolette and Sullivan just do it on, uh, mostly on vibes and experience alone. Right. You know, the, the oh, two yeah. mass holes there. Uh, you know, so <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you know, I'm thinking that they're mostly vibes guys, but 
Um, and also having decades of experience in hockey helps as well. Uh, so I would def I would say that they have got a good eye for these things. Um, you know, there's everybody's gonna have their criticism for whatever, but uh, the end of the day, they have decades and decades of watching elite hockey. Uh, then you know you could even sniff at. So I it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with this data because I guess this, like you said, this will be their first full year of you know straight through the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. You know, these type of projects, though, I would say five years you're going to want to get five year chunk of data to see like what does this mean um so mm-hmm. you know whatever i don't know how we got on that weird tangent but uh, i'm glad we did yeah hey listen that's that's what happens yeah that's right um <clears throat> all right so what do you think the the pens i mean i'll tell you what the caps are going to do in the off season they're buying baby <laughs> they're selling and yeah. buy they're moving and shaking they're gonna they're gonna try to squeeze as much uh you know return as possible out of those draft picks. They're going to be probably cutting ties with a lot of people. You know, I don't think Connor Sheary is going to come back. Unfortunately, he was our unsung hero early on in the season. He's since uh, potted a couple goals, but that was after like a 20-game dry streak, uh, finding the back of the net. Yeah, so, I mean, but that's typical Connor Sheary. Like, let's be honest. That's that's what he does. That's the Connor Sheary way. You know, um, in many ways, I think Connor Sheary is a la Jacob Verana, but just better defensively, like in the sense of offensive mm-hmm. production sometimes. Um, now, Verona seems to have found a bit of consistency now in St. Louis, so who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, that's the caps are the caps are going to be involved in a lot of different conversations, and Brian McClellan probably has one of the hardest years in hockey coming up, uh, hardest off seasons in hockey that he's ever experienced, I would think. Um, but what are what are the Penguins doing? I mean, what what's Ron Hextall, who has, from what I understand, you know, doing my research. Is that he is his the biggest criticism is that he's slow to act and he's too meticulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that. You ask the question, what are they going to do? Nobody knows, and that's the scary part because nine times out of ten, since he's taken over, whenever he finally does pull the trigger on a move, you just look at it and you say, "Come on, man!" Like that's that's it took you that long to come up with that. That's the best you could do after six months of not doing a thing. So I, nobody actually knows. What he's going to do, I can tell you what he should do. Uh, he should definitely address the goaltending issues because he hasn't done that for two years since he showed up, and the same issues keep arising. So the goaltending is going to be clearly something he has to look into because DeSmith has been, I call him coin flip Casey. He's been hot. <laughs> he's been not. You saw that in a one-game sample size. Yeah. First two periods, Casey DeSmith looks like a Vezina Trophy winner. In the third period, he couldn't stop a beach ball. So yeah. that's, that's, in a nutshell, what his season has been. And then we talked about Jari, man. He's he's not healthy. You never know if he's going to be healthy because he shows up to the game and all of a sudden he's he's not going and he's getting sent home, not even backing up. And you're like, what what is what is the story here? And he's a UFA. So uh, that's going to be the biggest question mark for the Penguins is, is goaltending. And the bottom six is going to need an entire restructure. That's the one thing that Hextall did do at the trade deadline, even even though he brought in Granlin for five mil in two more years. He got rid of tenured contracts. It was Brock McGinn who had another year or two left on his deal. He's out the door. Kapanen had another year. He's out the door. They have a lot of other guys. Doomlin's $4.1 million comes off the books. Heinen's an unrestricted free agent, probably not coming back. So there's going to be holes to fill, but there's a lot of ways that he could improve this team. He's not going to be able to do all of them over the summer, but bottom right. six, goaltending, probably the top two things he's going to have to focus on. He restructured the defense last summer and it didn't work. So he might have to look into doing that too. So it's going to be, you mentioned McClellan's going to have a busy summer. Hextall's going to have a busy summer just because of the failures that he had last off season to address any of his issues. Now he has those plus more issues that have shown up throughout the season. Right. Right. <clears throat> like, <clears throat> let's say you could just be transported into somebody's body that was in the running for an NHL GM like job. How quickly would it take for you to just start mailing it in and just like going to games and being like, this is awesome. <laughs> and just being like, I don't know, man. Like what? I got GM problems and just being, being it's like Mr. Garrison when he becomes president. Like, <laughs> like when does it devolve to that? Yeah. I, I don't know. I I'd get into that, that box and I'd just be like, well, no work's getting done during the game. I could probably see that much. Uh, but after the game, 
No, after the game, I'm probably going to go home and, and go to sleep. But, you know, maybe tomorrow morning. <laughs> tomorrow morning, I'll go to the practice facility. I'll make a call or two. But, no, it, you know, nobody's seen the master plan of Ron Hextall. Right. Uh, Fenway Sports Group apparently had to basically demand that he send them a written down plan <laughs> and idea last summer. I or saw like, that. turn it, show your work, said the eighth grade algebra <laughs> teacher. Like, I need to know how you, like, he, he shows up with a piece of paper that says, won a Stanley Cup, don't mortgage the future. And they're like, great. How'd you get to that? Like, how are we, how are we accomplishing this, Ron? And he's like, we're just going to do it. Nope. Okay. Well, nobody's. I mean, Fenway presumably has seen it at this point, but nobody's seen Fenway, so nobody can ask them about that either. But no, it, it's it's a plan that everybody in Pittsburgh is just sitting back and getting more and more nervous that if this guy is still at the reins for another season, where is it going to go? Because in two years, he's already buried the franchise enough. If he gets a third year, I don't want to know what he ends up doing to it. Yeah. So do you really think that they're – Starting to think, like, let's get rid of Hextall. It's been two years. It's over. Yeah, I think some of his mistakes this year have been glaring. I mean, the goaltending issue, massively. Like, the last two years, should have won in the first round both years. Like, the Islanders series, Tristan Jari looked horrendous. And yeah. last year, Louis Domingue's trying to catch shots that come in at his chest with two hands, like <laughs> he's a five-year-old trying to learn how to catch a baseball. Like, <laughs> and you don't address the goaltending? Right. Like that, that wasn't enough of a red flag for you. You had a guy like a, like a seal asking for more fish, like or, or <laughs> puck, puck in my glove. Like, come on guys. Like you didn't address that position. Like, come on. That, Fair that, so enough. his issues that he tried to fix have just gotten worse and worse. Like we, I, I said, the defense, Mike Matheson and John Marino are phenomenal this year in Montreal and New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. They got back Ty Smith. Who's played all of seven games at the NHL level. And they got back Jeff Petrie, who is in again, out again, older, more expensive. Not the guy that was promised, obviously, is what the expectations were when they right. brought him over. And honestly, the best piece is Ryan Paling, and he was a throw-in. And he's, right. he's a good fourth-line center. But again, you trade away a, a top-tier, top-pairing defenseman for a fourth-line center, you're going to have some questions asked about you know, your, the legitimacy of your actual professionalism and ability and uh, yeah. when, when that's what ends up happening yeah I, I think there's serious questions as to whether or not he actually makes it through the summer as general manager wow um <clears throat> well i like him so i think he should stay but yeah but uh <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if you've been like just sending him a, a bottle of woodford reserve every two weeks just like boy, ronnie keep it up bud dude he uh so he's almost like um ron swanson he just, when people question him, he's like, I know more than you. And then he writes down on that paper, like, I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> when they're like, you need a permit to have this party. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, right. Good stuff. Um, <clears throat> all right, man. Well, we're coming up on an hour. Like, uh, I don't know. You have any, you, you have anything you wanted to talk about? Hot button stuff uh, about the caps or pins, I whatever. What, what, when I look at the caps, my biggest question is... Obviously, like, you know, I could look at the goaltending all I want, but is the goal still another title for Ovi or are everybody down there just saying, you know, let's just let's get him to beat the Gretzky record at this point because it's going to happen. It's going to be a, a tremendous history making moment when it happens. I feel like you guys have that pretty much in the bag. Yeah, and he's going to get it. Not next season unless he goes ridiculously crazy and scores 70 goals next season. Right. Uh, but if not next season, he'll get it the following season. But I liked some of the moves they've been making. But the only question for me is, like, how much do people around the Caps universe care about that next cup versus it's all right because we still got Ovi chasing chasing Gretzky? So uh, that's a great question because I think that the, the majority of Caps fans are 100% more keyed on the record. Um, mm. the, the thing about that, though, is that Two of those things can exist simultaneously, and and the goal could also be accomplished. That's, you know, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, uh, he's gonna get the record, guys. Just enjoy that, but also hope for more. Like, I, I right. liked, I liked McClellan's offseason last year. It didn't work yeah. out, like we mentioned, because of injuries. But and I, I like the direction he was taking you guys in. Exactly, and so if you look at the actions in which McClellan has started pull off here, like like starting with literally last offseason, goaltending was an issue. All right. 
well, we wanted to keep Vanacek, but uh, he had value and no one was ringing for for uh, Samsonov apparently and obviously because we let him go walk into the sunset for nothing. That's a that's a first overall for us gone for nothing. Um, so we're you know there's that right. Uh, he he just and that's something that I like about him is that that's a hard decision to make, man. Like you're, you're looking at a guy like you picked first, who's probably going to go somewhere and perform very well. Um, you know, where do you send him? Right. Uh, and Toronto is a safe bet. He's still in the East. So he's still going to have to, you know, carry water and play against the hardest teams in the, in the show. But, um, you know, that's, that's zero return. So you're, you're, he's, he's not adverse to risk in, in taking the L on some things. Uh, you know, another questionable move that he did years ago was letting Jonas Siegenthaler go. Um, yeah. Who is developed into number one. I mean, and Chandler Stevenson. I mean, those are two guys that, yeah, that would have been great to have him back. But they wanted more time. And our roster didn't allow for that at the t- at the time. You know, now would I have loved to have Jonas fucking Siegenthaler <laughs> on the blue line? Yes. I would say lock him in term, you know, eight to ten million. Just give him what he wants. Um, but that, you know, again, that's not the case. One thing that he has done is that he locked in, I think a lot of his players outside Ovi and Backstrom who took team friendly deals, you know, you look at John Carlson, he gets paid like 7.8, I think a year. And we've got him for another couple few years. That was a, you know, mm-hmm. looking back on that deal, we like, that was back in like the hockey troll podcast days. <laughs> and I was pumped on that because think about that cap certainty that you have imagine this situation now without a john carlson or having to re-sign john carlson now that yeah after the cup after everything you know no that would have sucked so bad then you have um evgeny kuznetsov eight million a year i mean eight million a year is i think good for that's that's a fair price for evgeny even if he's having a down season which he is he's still a 50 point guy skating on his ass having a bad the worst season of his career um so as far as what the plan is and in in that sense you know as far as what's more important i think that management has said that it's more important to win and as we win ovi will get his goals and And then as, you know, Ted Leonsis came out during this whole, like, uh, trade deadline when we were just jettisoning talent um, for draft picks, he came out and said, you know, I made a promise to Ovechkin that we would always remain competitive no matter what. No matter what. No matter, like, if it came down to, and and I've talked to him, and he still believes that. And, you know, Ovi doesn't want to go out and lose. He's all, none of those guys, none of those veterans on on the core want to go out and lose. Nobody in the NHL gets to the point of playing in the NHL going out. Yeah. I just hope we lose so we can besides maybe Phil Kessel so we can go gamble at rivers or whatever it may be. (laughs) Right. Um, But you know, I don't don't believe anybody really in the NHL care, like wants to cares to lose. That's for sure. So I definitely think that the caps they're calling what we're doing a retool, man. It looks a lot like a really quick rebuild. I get that a retool is is you know usually shorter in time, but the amount of pieces that we're going to have to make fit, you know, including an entire blue line minus one guy, because um, we got rid of all of our good guys. You know, we got rid of Orlov, who I really wanted to keep. You know, yeah. I mean, we've still got that was, TV. that was the big one. Yeah, and I mean that was when you were like, okay, it's they they it's this done. season, yeah, they're they're like whatever on this season because you know. I think Dimitri Orlov is a top pairing defenseman in the league, period. Um, and so, and, and got, you know, he goes to Boston of all places. So good for him. You know, I'm like so pumped for him. I, I kind of hope that Boston comes out and, and gets the, him and Hathaway a cup um, as much as that pains me. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think that if, if, if I had to put money on it, I'd say, the Washington Capitals are going to try to put a Stanley Cup contender on the ice next season. Hey, same thing. Both both franchises. They're going to say, "Well, we don't want to. We don't want to trade too much of the future." But both franchises have have a duty and a responsibility to the guys that have put it on the line for them for eighteen seasons. Yeah, we're not going to fully break it all down with, with you here still. Right, and that's exactly it. And along with that, you know. 
give it up to McClellan. He saw the writing on the wall. He made the decision. He banked draft picks in this next draft. So we have, a, I think we have a couple uh, high picks, which again, you know, we talked about Lafreniere. I hate draft picks. Like I, I think that they're, you know, when you're trying to win, draft picks are not good to have, right? You want to get rid of them. They're, they're, they're like putting money in your checking account. Like they're not giving you anything. They're not returning anything, right? Berlansky, you should keep, don't keep your money out of the banks, by the way. Invest it. Okay. <laughs> Under the mattress. Right. Well, no, no. Invest it. Go, go spend it on shit. Go spend it on shit. You know, you should start a little out. I don't know. Do you have it? Oh, this is probably offline talk, but if you don't have an LLC for the podcast, you should just create one and start expensing shit. But all right. We'll talk about tax evasion (laughs) later. (laughs) Or I'm sorry. That's called tax mitigation, not evasion. Evasion. Yes. Right. Um, Yeah. Nobody, nobody's tax evading here. Right, exactly. I don't evade taxes. I pay my taxes. I'm a red blood. Turn, turn the wire tap off. We're good. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, fuck. What the fuck was I even talking about? I'm, uh, but yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, as far as the off season, I think that we both you have a, a less of a job, but I don't think I don't like you. Obviously, don't have the guy the trust in the guy driving the boat, whereas I have full no. trust in the guy driving the boat, and I just don't know what's going to be out there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the big thing is, is both organizations at this moment in time, every off season is going to be, you need to move and shake things to make it work for the next season. Yeah. And there's people in the, each fan base, I'm sure that's like, but the future, but the future, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> when's the next time you're going to get an Alex Ovechkin yeah. caps fans? When's the next time you're going to get a Sidney Crosby pens fans? Or, right. Like, how about you enjoy Don't say it. I know where you're going with your brain, <laughs> uh, but no, like it, it doesn't, come around often especially guys that are 35 36 years old and still at the top of their game and still dominating the league like enjoy it hope that they can get better and like last year penguins picked owen pickering i like owen pickering i'm not gonna see owen pickering until 2025 i get enough of that with the pirates i don't need to be prospect watching when Sidney crosby is still playing extremely good hockey yeah no absolutely and and you know i think there's been there was a huge push for connor mcmichael to come out and be a world beater, be a true number two center. But the guy hasn't put up numbers or performance that gets him past the third line. I mean, I, I stand firm on that. Though people are just like, well, Laviolette's putting him in poor poor situations and things like that. I'm like, well, yeah, because he wants him to like beat those odds on that. That's what good players do. They they show that they yeah. can, you know, overcome these poor, you know, deployments, if you will. <clears throat> You know, it's a guy who had a, uh, a freshman season, a, a rookie season that was very solid. And I hate to say it, but, you know, it, during that freshman season, he bulked up. He came to camp ready to win a spot. And he he almost got, you know, he almost didn't make the team out of camp sophomore season. You know, it's a very sophomore slump thing. Do I hope that Connor McMichael in two years comes to be a number one center in the NHL and a world beater? Absolutely. But this takes time and we need that, you know, that we're at in a couple of years, we're talking post Ovechkin era at this point. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I totally agree. And, 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 and the people don't understand how worthless draft picks are, or they're more worthless than they are valuable, right? It's a gamble. Every time you have to do a ton of work with these guys to get them up to NHL standards. Like the amount of work that an ECHL player who has his eyes set on the NHL or an AHL player who has their eyes set on the NHL, like gets even harder there. And this is after they've put in probably a decade and a half of strenuous work in their lifetime already. So I don't know. Put your, put your phones down dummies. (laughs) I'll put my phone down. I'm uh, there we go. (laughs) <laughs> Plugging my laptop in so I don't I don't I don't disappear. Oh no, I was talking to uh, I was talking to the the people who were like you know we'll just play youth play youth. You oh know, yeah, we just that's need, right. Yeah, you know we need the youth. The youth is gonna that's the next thing. You know I see it in Penguins Twitter all the time. Like, well, and they're not wrong to an extent, but you have to have the youth in order to play the youth, and the Penguins do have it, but they also, I mean, they're they're all in Sullivan about that, but at the same time, what's he gonna do with unmovable contracts of a thirty eight like thirty eight year olds that can't play anymore it's like yeah put them up in the in the bleachers which yeah maybe but at the same time you have so many of those guys like and and i don't know it's it's a tough balancing act and there's criticism that can be thrown around about everybody but at the end of the day if you're the capitals 
you're still in it. If you're the Penguins, oh, yeah. you're literally in a playoff spot. So you hope that it gets better. You want them to play the youth. I, I certainly want them to play some young, younger guys and give them opportunities, but it just hasn't been the in the dice for the past two seasons. So you hope that next year's better. Right, right. I mean, if we were sitting atop the league, both of our teams, hey, yeah, this is when you get two or three call-ups, let them get their rookie skate, get them out there, show them the ropes, down the stretch, you're resting guys for the playoffs, you know, but neither of our teams have that luxury right now. And, and, you know, we've had that in the past. We've had, you've seen that in the past down the stretch, you're locked in. As soon as you clinch, you start hearing Hershey movement. You start hearing Wilkes-Barre movement, right? Like as soon as you clinch, it's almost like, all right, well, let's get some guys in and just run them through and, and give them a game and then send them back down, let them practice with the team for a week and, you know, get them back to Hershey for their playoff run or Wilkes-Barre, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's weird because I, I'm on both sides of that coin, but at the end of the day, I can't make the moves. All I can do is complain about them. I right. do a microphone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got the best jobs, right? Yeah, it's great. Awesome. All right, well, speaking of complaining into a microphone, as we cut this one, uh, why don't you uh, tell everybody where to find you, uh, and you can you can give Horwat a shout-out, too. Uh, <laughs> he's absent for this one, but... Well, if you want to listen to, to anything Pittsburgh Penguins that I do, you can go visit the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts from. We have new episodes that are full episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But also, we started doing I started doing Penguins to Go. So on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 15-minute shorter episodes to keep you very up-to-date. New content coming out every day on YouTube at Inside the Penguins, closing in on 1,000 subscribers. So hopefully Ooh. we get to that before the uh, the playoffs and then if you want to actually read anything that i write down because i also write i don't just talk and and, and blabber I, I do write things down in a collected manner as a big j journalist as hockey troll likes to call me uh, that's at inside the which is an affiliate now of the hockey news so check that out and uh just follow me on on twitter at nick underscore berlansky because i post everything there and it makes everything simple absolutely caps fans definitely follow this guy he's an up-and-comer you know one day one day we might see you like on an analyst bench or something. I don't know. That'd be cool. Sitting next to PK Subban. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll take Levy's job. That's fine by me. I mean, honestly, I would rather listen to you than many of the people that I see behind the analyst <laughs> bench this season. Good God, has it been fucking terrible. But <clears throat> I mean, I love seeing the legends, but like you've got like clapped out Chelios on there and I love Chelly. Don't get me wrong, but like, Chelly, mm-hmm. but like your brain looks like it's turned to ash from all the partying that you've been doing. And and granted, you you should have partied as much as you did, but maybe this isn't the 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 place for you. And same with Messier, man. Messier is brutal, I think. So well, there's a reason that both of those guys aren't on the the broadcast at the same time this year as they were last year. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Like, we exactly. can only do one at a time, guys. Right. We can only have just. We, I can only bear one of you <laughs> simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, all right, so <clears throat> Caps fans, give them a follow. Check them out. Know thy enemy. All right. <laughs> Until uh, next time, Nick, again, thanks a lot for coming on. Love talking it up, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, HD. A- absolutely. All right. Hockey Troll, Nick Berlansky, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.